Hi, I'm Father Joseph Collins here with my friend, Father Michael Marcantoni, and welcome to On the Battlefield, where we share the Christian message of hope and endurance amidst life's suffering and upheaval. This is episode two, where we are going to talk about the scramble. And uh, I'm going to ask my dear friend, Father Michael, to give us a definition of what the scramble is. Yes, hello. Thank you so much. Uh, I am Father Michael Marcantoni, and I'm really glad we're covering this today because uh, our conversation way back when Father Joseph and I got the idea to start this podcast, uh, the scramble, I remember the scramble was like the topic of conversation. It was the thing that we were just going back and forth on for, I think it was like a solid hour just between the two of us. And that's when we said, you know, this would make a good podcast. So uh, I want to talk about it, but I, I, first I understand that we've got to tell everybody what it is. So when we talk about the scramble, we are talking about how you deal with the unexpected difficulties and redirections that come with life, that they are constantly going to be happening. Uh, we had this saying back in the we had this saying back in the army that no plan survives first contact. Uh, what that means is what that means is uh, first contact is the moment where the two lines of battle meet the, you know, your forces and the enemy's forces meet and each side is going to have a battle plan. You go in with a plan, but war is chaos. The battle is chaos. And so as soon as the moment of contact between both forces meet, every general worth his salt knows that all of those plans will to one degree or another go out the window. Nothing survives that moment. Nothing goes according to plan. And a successful battle plan is not one that can be executed the way it's written. A successful battle plan is one that can quickly and easily be adjusted on the fly. In other words, it is a battle plan that you can scramble. You have to scramble to get uh, troops back into position. You have to scramble uh, resources like infantry and artillery to different spots. You've got to scramble to make it happen. You've got to do it quick and you've got to do it in real time. Uh, and what we were talking about is that's true across life in every facet. So uh, as I mentioned, I remember, gosh, it was, uh, I want to say it was last fall sometime. Uh, I remember mentioning that talking about this in a sermon. Uh, I mean, so, for instance, every household has a budget and no budget survives first contact. You get a new married couple, especially you get new homeowners, especially. And that budget comes into first contact with the unexpected expenses and repairs and things that go with life. And guess what? The couple has to scramble and figure out, OK, how do we really afford life? You know, our money doesn't go as far as we thought it did. Or, um, you know, you get out of seminary and you go into a parish and every seminarian, just like I think every, uh, I'm sorry, every new priest, I think just like every new professional in any vocation, you know, new doctors, new teachers, you've got this way academically that you just think things will go. And then you get into the real world and um, you've got to adjust. You've got to adjust the way you approach ministry. You've got to adjust your expectations. 
You got to adjust your expectations about what your people know or what they're interested in knowing or how you think you can effectively communicate to them. Or you go to one parish, you go from one parish to another where you've had a successful ministry and you go to another parish and you are going to scramble because it's a different group of people with a different past and a different history and different interests and different communication styles. And you will scramble. So in every aspect of life, um, you're having, you've got these elements of your plan. You've got the element of reality. And when the lines of your plan and the line of reality make first contact, uh, wisdom knows that nothing survives that moment. Your plans and reality will meet. First contact will be made. Everything will go out the window and you will scramble. And if we have the fortitude and the wisdom by the grace of the Holy Spirit to scramble well, uh, things can be put together in a remarkable way. God will do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And more can come out of that scramble than our best laid plans. But rest assured, it's going to happen. And that, that is, that's what we talk about. When, when Father Joseph and I talk about the scramble, it's that first contact between your expectations and reality. It has been the story of our adult life that that just gets truer and truer as the years go on. When we met, we were both in our late 20s. Uh, we were both in our late 20s. And we were, uh, you know, we were at seminary. I had only been married a year. We, I had no kids. Father Joseph only had one child and he was a baby. In fact, I, I remember his uh, oldest son, you know, back when he was still crawling. And since then, you know, now we're in our 40s. And um, I have two kids and he has three. And as the years have gone on, there's only been more scramble, not less. And that's those discussions have realizing that that's normal has led to these discussions, which has led to this podcast. So um, what's a good visual for the scramble? Because we've talked about it as an idea. And I, I like to put, huh. um, yeah, I've I like got to an put, idea. Go, go ahead. I've got What's an up? idea. Uh, th this is something that we could probably do an entire show on, uh, but that is the scramble that will come into the life of a man through uh, the uh, HGTV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, ju <laughs> and just uh, the, all the damage and all the scrambling that will have to be done after you come home from work, and and the ideas that were implanted uh, in, into the into the minds of. Uh, the poor unassuming uh, at home uh, will just cause you to scramble like there's no tomorrow. But anyway, back in all seriousness, yeah. you're, you're right. <laughs> oh, and, my and the scramble isn't unique to modern, to modern life. Um, yeah. We see it, like you mentioned, in military life. Uh, you and I have both read books by Jocko Willink, the uh, SEAL team leader. He, he talks at length about the training that SEAL teams do for the contingencies that will come up in, in scenarios. So you train, you plan, you train some more, you train, you train, you train, you train, you train, and then you train the guy who's on the communications 
to be able to stand up if the CEO gets shot and he gets separated and he's in a smoke screen to be able to get up and lead the team. So that yeah, scramble I, is real. We see it in the Bible. We see it in the life of David, in the life of Paul. We see it throughout uh, the scriptures. So this, this scramble is something that we each need to be able to adapt to, to be able to reckon with. You and I have a, a nice uh, way of, of dealing with it and a, and a beautiful picture of it with, with our involvement in jujitsu. Why don't, why don't you tell us about um, some of your stories in jujitsu to give this nice picture to our uh, wonderful listeners. Yeah. And that's what I was wanting to get into, you know, cause I, li- I really like to put foot flesh and, and meat in a face on these ideas that can be kind of ethereal, but uh, I'm glad you brought up H- HGTV because I, I really do think that they're a subsidiary of Lowe's and home Depot. They've got to be. And when the, when the, uh, when the rather fa- uh, faulty expectations that they put, makes first contact with my real budget. <laughs> none of those, none of, none of those things happen much to my wife's chagrin. And the reality is, uh, I I'm only so glad that I'm currently renting because, uh, because I can say, well, you know, it's not our home, baby. I can't, I can't put, uh, whatever it is you just saw on that show into this house. It's not Beautiful. my house. So it's a, it's a, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, but yeah, jujitsu, uh, jujitsu is, is my favorite way of imagining the scramble, um, for everyday life. And for those who are not familiar with the sport, um, jujitsu is not karate. It's not doing forms and board breaking and high kicks. It's wrestling. So it's, it's, you know, it's wrestling. You've usually got on a, a gi, which is, you know, that, that heavily jacketed, uh, you know, judo uniform, you can, there's no gi jujitsu too, but it's, it is wrestling. It is a type of wrestling with throws and arm locks and joint locks and submissions. And, and so if you've ever seen people wrestle, I mean, really once they, they, they lock up with each other and they're going a hundred miles an hour, scramble really is the best word for that. And in jujitsu, uh, what happens is you've got, uh, you've got various skill levels, you're going, you know, you're rolling. Sparring is called rolling. So in every class, you're rolling and you're going 100 miles an hour. And so if there's a big skill disparity, uh, kind of best practices is uh, whoever has the higher degree of skill will kind of, you know, uh, will kind of tend to play a more technical game, work on given things and so forth. Because if you just shut the other guy down and and make it a total, total blackout. No one's learning anything. So uh, I remember there was this one particular match I was rolling back in, uh, back in Rochester. And the, uh, the guy I was rolling with, there was a tremendous skill disparity. I was far, far more experienced than him. It was so I, I kind of knew like, all right, cool. I'm just going to play defense. I'm going to work on uh, some certain defense things that I want to improve on. And you know when they're doing that, the, the newer guy is always going to go 100 miles an hour because he's just trying to win and survive. And, you know, that's just part of how you deal with it. So in the course of scrambling with him, we, you know, we're locked up. Uh, I'm playing defense. Uh, I turn over to my side, and I left an arm exposed, right, because I wanted to work an arm bar defense. And, of course, he recognized that the arm was exposed, and he went for it. And kudos to him for recognizing it because he was a very new student. Uh, and I think he had some wrestling in his background from high school, but he was a very new student. Uh, so he recognized he dove for the arm bar and, 
uh, when he went for it, he rushed. So he dove for it, he rushed, and he threw his legs over, but he did it leaving such a wide space between uh, one foot and the other, one leg and the other, and my arm, that he really didn't secure the position at all, and he tried to fall back into the arm bar. Well, I was ready to defend the arm bar, and I just rolled, I scrambled, I just rolled with his motion, and I rolled through his guard, through the legs, and into a side control, which is a top position. And, um, you know, he learned from it, right? He never did that again. It was, but it was the, this case where, well, how, how do you manage a scramble is also a question of how do you manage time? Because he saw the right opportunity. There was, the problem came, the failure in his scramble for that opportunity came in the fact that he rushed it. He didn't take the time and secure his position and get his position right and then go for the armbar. He rushed through the setup, and so I was able to just get past his legs uh, in, like, the coolest way possible. Um, so if he had been a little more patient, he could have set that armbar up, and then I really would have had to defend an armbar. I would have had to fight. Now, because of our skill disparity, I probably would have successfully defended it, but you don't know that. He might have gotten it. Um, on the other end, right? The way I handle that scramble is I responded to what was going on in the moment. We have this great word in Greek, keros, and keros means the precise time. It is not chronos. Chronos is chronological time. Keros is precision. It is the moment. And in that moment, I took that moment, I got through. But what if I had been, what if I had delayed and sat back ruminating and needed to be sure? Well, he might have realized what he did and adjusted his legs and then I wouldn't have gotten through. So when you're talking about the scramble, yes, you have the, the necessity to adjust on the fly. And that's why jujitsu such and, or wrestling or any wrestling type thing, judo, jujitsu, wrestling, whatever is such a great activity for that. But it's also honing in on the right tempo. You don't want to rush because if you rush, you can spoil the right opportunity. You also don't want to take too long. You don't want to delay because if you delay, you will miss the right opportunity. So you have to be present. You have to be present. You have to be engaged and you have to be wise enough to say, this is the moment and then move. And then you pull the trigger. Um, so activities in your life where you have to do that um, are essential. You know, as much as we like to think about things as a chess game uh, in chess, you can take as long as you want. Whereas for most of life, for most of life, you have to respond at the right tempo. Now, even in New York City with one of those timers, there's still a oh, right yeah. tempo, right? At a certain point, the timer is going to go off. Whatever the tempo is, you may have a little more time. You may have a little less time. But you've got to be using the right tempo with the right discernment. A very important aspect to understand okay. with the scramble. So, uh, Father, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Tempo and pace are really important and and how we kind of manage our time and the actions that we take and the actions that we take we can ask everybody at home uh this is a nice segue that uh, if you're listening uh on anchor awesome the the podcast is available on a bunch of other platforms as too uh too like uh through google and spotify you can find us and like us and follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. And we'd really appreciate it if you did that, if you take the time to visit our website at uh, onthebattlefieldmedia.com. 
if you would uh, like to leave comments or suggestions on the Facebook page for future episodes, we would love the input and the feedback uh, because we'd really like to make this about you, our listeners, and, and give us some direction as to where we can go in the future. So let's get back to the scramble. And, um, and not only being measured with uh, how we engage the scramble like you did up in Rochester with that, that new uh, jujitsu player, uh, but, but how we do jujitsu, like how you were training with him also was a, a means of us learning how to do the scramble. I mean, you learned something from his mistake, obviously. He learned something from his own mistake and how you reacted to it. And uh, I have a pretty cool visual from, from our own jujitsu uh, reality here in, in my household. Uh, my daughter is very good at jujitsu. She's a killer. She, she has a really great arm bar. She, she, she's had adults say how tight it is. She's had judges at competitions see it and remark on it. It's, it's, it's beautiful. But she was able in her classes to hit that arm bar consistently on everybody. She'll break your guard down, which means that she pushes your leg down. She slides her leg over your leg. She puts her chest on your chest and she gets heavy on you and keeps you on the mat. And then she waits for you to put your arm in just the wrong spot. And then all of a sudden it feels like your elbow is going to get popped out of the socket. And she was able to do that for weeks and months on end to anybody and everyone in the class until people started to get wise to it and they were able to defend it, which slowed it down a little bit, but it was good for them because now they had a dynamite arm bar protection. You know, they were able to defend against it very well. It made hers better and tighter and faster. And it also taught these kids what they needed to do to do a good arm bar. She got hit with her own stuff several times because she did it so often, but because they were in the scramble so often together and that they were fighting together and that they were doing this thing together, that everyone's proficiency level increased. And that is something that, that is a sort of scramble that, that priests, lay people, anybody can bring into the church, that sort of mindset. Bring that mindset of, we have to be doing this practice together. We need to be bringing these things, these spiritual things, these actions that we're supposed to do in the church, we can do them together. And in so doing, we can learn from each other, we can strengthen each other, and we can get better together. And that, that to me, is another really beautiful aspect of the scramble. Not only that, that it teaches us that life is changing, that life is dynamic, that there's going to be an awful lot of unexpected things that come, but that, that we can practice and work together to get better and to help each other kind of, I don't know, mitigate some of the high and low points of the scramble and kind of level it out as a team, as a church community. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, and that's such a, that's such a great image because uh, I think that really highlights uh, an image about all this scrambling that we can forget, and that is 
that when we manage it well, we manage it well, everyone else gets a little bit better. You know, when we, we, if we, when we have a difficulty and we overcome it, and especially when we're working in concert with others, they also improve because they learn how to overcome the same difficulty. You improve in one area, it causes the others around you to also improve. So just like your daughter, right? Uh, as she, as she got better with her arm bar, everyone else got better, not only defending arm bars, but with their own arm bars as well, because they got to see what, what needs to happen to do that effectively. Uh, we forget that this is, that this is not a solo sport, that life is not something you do alone, not well. And, and being on a battlefield, you know, I don't care what the uh, my favorite movies back in the 80s sold to you, you don't do well on the battlefield alone. Uh, being alone on the battlefield is a pretty quick recipe to die in, in, in real life warfare. The way you handle adjustments and, uh, and the way you handle adjustments to difficulties on the fly, uh, everyone connected with you depends on that. And everyone, if you're good at it, not only does it keep everyone safe, but it gives best practices for the future. It, it's what we called in the army a force multiplier, something that makes the entire endeavor stronger going forward. And that's an essential point for us to realize because um, we, especially here in North America, we have this idea uh, of Christianity as just Jesus and me. But there's none of that within the scriptures. Uh, you know, when Adam, when Adam and Eve have their early covenant with God, what well, doesn't just involve them, right? It involves the whole of humanity. Um, when Jesus comes and founds his, his, what does he found? He founds a church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He sends them out as communities. They create communities. Uh, in fact, the, the notion of a community identity is so strong. That uh, when Paul, when in the in the book of Acts, when people are baptized, it says their whole households are baptized, not just them. And Paul says that David paid tithes to Melchizedek because his genetic stock was in, as he puts it, Abraham's loins. So he pays tithes through his ancestor 800 years earlier. I mean, the reality is we are not in this alone. So the way we handle the scramble has a great effect on everyone else connected to us. It can make our children stronger and more ready to face the eventualities of life, like because they see that it's normal and they see that it's manageable. You make our coworkers, make our parishes stronger because our parishes realize, okay, ministry and life is a dynamic thing that has to be adjusted to on the fly. And on the flip side of that, if we refuse to manage the scramble, if we refuse to take those lessons seriously, then we're training everyone around us, everyone connected to us to become overwhelmed, to throw in the towel and say, oh, I can't do this. Oh, plans didn't go right. Oh, things didn't go well. We've all met all that. We've all met those people who, man, they've got before you even start, they've got 100 excuses as to why something won't work. And, and, and if you listen to those voices, you'll never do anything. But if you can scramble, you can start and then readjust and readjust some more and readjust some more. And before you know it, like a fledgling 
group of Orthodox Christians meeting with a spare priest is, is goes from being a mission to a full-time parish to a cathedral. Right. Or a family that's been struggling with systemic debt. You know, if they scramble, uh, you can be, they can be financially secure and solvent. Uh, and, and nobody who's raised teenagers hasn't had to deal with a scramble or, or toddlers or anything. I mean, come on. What plans with, what plans with parenting go according to the books you buy and then by the time you've got one stage down they're not in that stage anymore you 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 got toddler stuff locked down but now they're preschoolers by the time you got the elementary school stuff locked down they're in middle school then high school and then you know it's like uh, we're we're kidding ourselves if we think that we can't scramble but man oh man god have mercy on us if we teach those people who look to us for leadership that the scramble is overwhelming and insurmountable because I, I just, I, it, it, it terrifies me to think that my kids could leave the house, not knowing that the eventualities of life are, can be dealt with, are manageable, are overcomable, you know? And, and I think it's a real, you know, when, when eventualities come on a parish, I mean, if the attitude is one where, they, they just are, are ready to throw in the towel and, uh, and believe that they're overwhelmed and overcome before it's really the case, then, I mean, the, com- the whole community suffers. Uh, so I just, I, I think it's so, it's so applicable. And uh, just like your, your daughter's armbar, handling it well, handling the scramble well, makes everybody more ready for the fight tomorrow another, and that's just essential another beautiful thing about the example of the arm bar that that i think the subject is begging right now is the kid that you were rolling with in new york uh all the kids that my daughter was rolling with they they didn't see defending they may have gotten a little bit down but they didn't see defending the armbar as something worth quitting over and it's because they weren't deceived to the point where they believed that they couldn't do it yeah. we so often in life uh, give in to the pressures being applied to us by the demonic forces by the logis me by the piras me that that we that we accept the delusion we accept the fact that we accept the deception that we've been defeated that we can't and we stay there the whole while ignoring the grace of god the promises made to us in the scriptures and through the resurrection of our ascended lord present to us in the church through the holy spirit that that we can't accept that accusation that we suck you know the the devil wants to accuse us he 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 said to eve he said eat it did the lord he deceived her right is like did he really say and then she believed him she believed the deception she accepted the deception and then once she had eaten he accused her so if we accept the deception do we accept it and stay down? Do we accept that accusation? Do we accept the fact that we are deceived and that we should just now fall into despair and just continue to either quit or to continue to be armed bar because that's just our lot? 
in life? Or do we look and say the deceiver and the accuser was vanquished at Golgotha? He was destroyed. His power over us and his power over death are now gone. And we need to just continue to fight and, and to fight against it and, and not a- accept defeat, right? Yeah. And, and in, I mean, so, you know, tying it in spiritually, right? So in uh, St. Theophon the Recluse's uh, work, Unseen Warfare, uh, he sets at the beginning of Unseen Warfare, St. Theophon sets out four conditions necessary for the spiritual life. He says, uh, he says that we must have complete distrust in ourselves, an all daring trust in God alone to pray without ceasing and to strive without ceasing. So in other words, we, we have to not rely on ourselves and to that same degree, completely and totally rely on God. Complete confidence. I like the word confidence better than surrender. You know, we, we, we are handing it to him because not only is he more competent and more capable, we also know that he's more reliable than us. And not only can he do, he will do. And he will do for us what we could not do for ourselves. So we take our hands off the control and we give it completely to him. We pray without ceasing because that keeps our lifeline to him and his grace open. And then that last point is strive without ceasing. We, so that, that's that constant repentance of fall, get up, fall, get back up. You, uh, things go or don't go well, no matter what you learn, you keep moving forward. In other words, you scramble. He's saying you will have to scramble. That, that, that light, the spiritual life is some days will go well, some days will go less well, whatever it is. You're still uh, learning and scrambling and just picking yourself up and striving more and more and more uh, till the day you die. And I know, see, to some American Christians, you know, they say, well, you know, that sounds like uh, works theology. It's like, look, don't turn Christianity into an intellectual exercise. You know, is Jesus who says, uh, is Jesus who says, he who loves me will keep my commandments. And the New Testament also says, be you doers of the word and not hearers only. And it even calls hearers of the word unprofitable hearers. So if you do with, I'm sorry, if you hear without putting these things into practice, it does you no good. Uh, Our job as Christians is to follow him and to do so until the day we die. His job is to save. Let him worry about how he's saving. You worry about how you're following. And if we're worried about how we're following, then it's a right thing to talk about how difficult life is and how much of a scramble life is. And the fact that we do have to do it without ceasing because that's how life works from the, your first breath to your last. I mean, there we go. And, and the beauty of it, I think the real challenge the real challenge is not just embracing the scramble, because I think I think if you're if you get out of your head, if you're not living a, just a pure in a pure intellectual bubble and you're out of your head and you're having to deal with a career and you're having to deal with kids and you're having to deal with how do you lead a Christian life when you're so busy that you barely have time to breathe, much less have a regular prayer rule. If you're dealing with that stuff, you're going to know that there's a scramble. Uh, but the first part of not trusting in yourself and having an all daring trust in God alone. That's really where it gets hard. That's really the hard thing, having that confidence. But if we can manage that, if we do that, if we're granted by the Holy spirit, the grace to do that, then uh, we see the scramble to be a lot easier to manage 
Because if we have an all-daring trust in God alone, then we can be kind of present in that moment to, to get the kero, to get the precise moment, to say, this is the moment to act. I recognize the voice of the good shepherd. This is the moment. This is the place. And someone else might say, it looks unlikely. Like, no, 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 no. I know the one I'm trusting. This is the moment. This is the place. This is the time. But, but being in that place of, of daring confidence in the Lord is where, when you know the time and you've heard the master's voice, that you're able to do the work that is salvific. This is what we, we miss. It's not a works-based salvation. It is, it is going out and doing the work that we were created to do in the time and the place that we are supposed to do it. And we have to be, in, we have to be involved in the scramble. We need to be involved with prayer and following the Lord to do it. So with that, Father Michael, we are out of time. And I would very, I'm going to encourage you to pray for the two of us and for all of those listening and the people in our lives. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, both now and forever and unto the ages of ages. Amen. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Holy Father, bless. Both platforms at On the Battlefield Podcast and available also on Spotify and a number of other podcasting platforms. Again, we thank you for joining us here on On the Battlefield, where we are sharing this Christian message of hope and endurance amidst the struggles of life and its upheavals. Thanks again, Father Michael. Have a blessed day. God bless you all. See you all in two weeks. May Christ our God protect us into the shadow of wings and guide us and to every good work for the glory of his name. For he blesses and sanctifies and ascribe glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Father Michael, for being with me today. Uh, we also encourage everyone to check us out on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, ask questions, make suggestions if you would. We're also on Instagram.